Welcome to episode 73 of the Luke Winstall Show. My next guest is a 303-pound, 2019 Pro Bowl fullback, Pat Ricard. Pat, thank you for joining me on the show. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. Just uh, at my house, just finished a workout, and now I'm talking to you. How you doing? I'm doing really well. I'm excited to talk about your football career and how you got to where you are. So first off, in terms of football... From what I understand, you come from humble beginnings in the sports world. So how did you get to the NFL from where you came from? What was that journey like for you? Right. So um, it was kind of a uh, underwhelming experience for me in terms of of college. Um, so I'm, I'm from Spencer, Massachusetts. It's a small town in central Mass. Didn't have, didn't have many offers out of high school. Was mostly looking at Ivy League schools. Um and realistically, I only had two offers. One was a Division II school at St. Anselm in New Hampshire, and then one was the University of Maine, which is a 1AA school, and that's the one I accepted. Um, it was either those two options, or I was going to walk on at UConn. So I went to Maine, went there for uh, five years, technically four and a half, five years for I redshirted. Um, and I'm a firm believer everything happens for a reason. And when I was there, I had multiple surgeries. Um, I had back to had three years in a row of having surgeries in the off seasons. Um, I think that kind of um, gave me that work ethic of having to do more, having to do extra, really committing and sacrificing a lot of things to get where I had to go. Um, so I took everything. Uh, I was very grateful for everything because a lot of people helped me, um, supported me in those tough times, and then knowing that you know I had to work so much harder to get back on the field year after year after year. Um, so, all that happening, and then um, I ended up going undrafted. Uh, I had almost similar, um, I almost had more recruitment for the NFL than I did for college. I had more, or almost the same amount of visits for NFL teams, and um, I had a couple workouts, a couple visits. Um, and I went undrafted, and the Ravens just felt like a good choice for me because uh, they recruited me a lot, a lot more than a lot of other teams did. And the funny thing, too, about the Ravens is I never had a, a visit with them or a workout. I only just talked to their um, – Harbaugh called me, the defensive coordinator called me, the D-line coach called me, the defensive uh, defensive system line coach texted me and called me for like a month. So I just, you know, I just felt like it was a good fit talking to my agent about it and the other teams that are interested in me when they're calling me in the sixth, seventh round. Um, and ultimately, I signed with them. Thought it was a good fit. Um, and then the whole two-way position thing kind of developed once I got there. I was going to follow up on the injuries. Uh-huh. So you said having three yep. surgeries in the off season. I've talked to some players who have said, "You know what? I've been injured so much. Football's not for me." Was there ever a moment that you thought about trying something else or moving on from football? Yeah, I think it was. Um... So the first surgery I had was I had, so I tore my right um, lateral meniscus in my knee and then my left lateral meniscus in my knee, well, my right and my left, obviously, um, during my redshirt freshman season. So then I had to get surgery right after the season. And there's a lot of controversy with the coaching staff there and the doctors. They weren't really sure what was going on. And then I ended up getting surgery kind of late in March, and the doctor tried to repair both of them at the same time. So I was in a wheelchair for a month. While I, was at, while I was in school in, in March in Maine, and it was snowing still and icy, and I had a wheelchair around the campus, the classes, and the, 
the lunch room, everyone's staring at me and all that stuff. And ended up, the surgery didn't up, upheld for either knee. So I still had two torn biscuits in my knee, both of them. So then I had to play the next year with them still torn. I had to wear dog joy braces on my knees for a whole year. And then I ended up like getting more banged up in the season. I had to wear like a hockey pad on my elbow because I popped my bursa sack. And then I like strained my collarbone. I was so banged up. And then I had to get surgery again that following year, that following off season to repair whatever, to uh, take out whatever was still torn in my meniscus. At that point, I was just like, man, is this worth it? Like I was not having fun. I was kind of miserable because I was always in pain, just like day-to-day stuff, like being around the house, just walking around was painful because my I was still all banged up and all this stuff. Um, but I had a great support system. I had my girlfriend at the time, who's not my wife. Um, she was always she was there for me. I had a couple of great friends that was on the team that was helping me a lot with all this stuff, and they kind of got me through it. I remember there was one point where I was almost crying, just like saying, I can't do this again. I can't go through all the surgeries and all this rehab to play and maybe get hurt again. But, you know, I just I just said, screw it, and I'm just going to – I'm gonna try to do the best I can and, and see if I can, you know, if I can play and I can keep doing this. And then week one, my redshirt junior year, after I had all the surgeries, first series of playing against Boston College, I tear my labor in my shoulder. And I played a whole year with it, still torn. I didn't wear anything on it. And it wasn't that bad. It actually wasn't too bad. But then I had surgery following that year and then into my redshirt senior year. And since then, I've been healthy. I've just been getting a little – little strange here and there and whatnot, but everything is pretty good. Um, yeah, it was definitely a very difficult and trying time for me and my family who was, you know, dealing with me. Uh, cause they, you know, they helped me and supported me. And I think that's the big, it helped me a lot. It changed me as a person, being more humble and more appreciative of people and not judging people and kind of, um, maybe almost a, a nicer guy because I just kind of seen other sides of things. So, um, I'm almost happy it happens because I think it's it kind of shaped me into who I am now. Interesting. You said that your family and your friends helped you through, but to get through all those injuries, I feel like there has to be a lot inside of you. So what kept you going and what helped you motivate yourself to keep going through the injuries outside of the people that were around you? Right. Um, I mean, I've always, everyone who plays college football, even as a kid, always dream about going pro. And for me, uh, there was a pretty good track record at Maine for guys to have a chance to make an NFL team. And I played with guys who played on teams in the NFL and guys before me who was drafted, still in the NFL and all this stuff. And I just remember my redshirt freshman year, um, a Colt scout was out of practice and he was scouting me. I'm just a redshirt freshman. And I was like, wow, I'm like, the fact I'm getting scouted now and I still have four more years to develop and get better and all this stuff. I think that kind of drove me. And then obviously that's when the injuries started happening was after that. Um, and I, you know, I just believed in myself. And, um, I mean, yeah, I think that's the biggest, that was the biggest thing was just knowing that if I can get through all of this and, and then also as well, um, like I said, one of the, one of the players that was like a main legend is Mike DeVito. He played for nine years and he retired and, lives in Maine now and he was actually around for my last season so I got to know him and he went through multiple injuries and I kind of knew that because 
my head coach at the time was Jack Cosgrove, and he was also his head coach, so he told me about his stories, and he also had a torn labrum. It's actually, it's, me and Mike DeVito's story is kind of funny. We've had multiple, we've had similar injuries, exactly a decade apart, same agent, both undrafted linemen, both made it in the NFL, and it, it's kind of a funny story how me and him are similar if you ever look to it. Well, knowing Mike DeVito, how did he help you outside of the injuries? I'm sure that he was able to share a lot of wisdom with you. Yeah, so um, my, my coach, Jack Cosgrove, he helped me get contact with, with Mike. And we, we have, um, he gave me his phone number, exchanged some text here and there talking. And then I had breakfast with him one, one day. This is still during my senior season. And he helped me kind of just... Uh, he also came to practice sometimes. He kind of just helped me kind of just have a perspective of, like, like, hey, man, like, I've been in the NFL for the last nine years, and I'm telling you, you can play with these guys. And he just kind of gave me that um, that confidence. And then he also navigated me with the whole agents, the whole the process with agents. I had agents calling me, trying to sign with me and all this stuff, and I just didn't know who was a good fit and everything. And he helped me sign on my current agency right now. And... Um, I think that's helped me a lot because he's helped me during my NFL career and also helped me to get ready for my pro day because I trained where they sent me. So it was all, all of that. And DeVito still, I still, you know, talk a little bit here and there with, with Mike and, um, he's just a great guy. You mentioned the Colts were scouting you your redshirt freshman year. Why do you think they were looking at you then? Um, I think... Uh, see, I'm not. I should have asked him because he, he was just the same scout who came my pro day. Um, I think it was just because I was. Um, I kind of stood out for how young I was. I think they saw a lot of potential, so they just wanted to scout me early, probably. Um, I mean, I'm not exactly sure why, but I'm happy he did. Yeah, whoever it was had a good eye for the future. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, Absolutely. the thing that makes you most unique is your ability to play in every phase of the game offense defense special teams from what I read you're the only player in the NFL this past season to play at least 100 snaps in all three phases so how are you able to do it in today's environment where it's very uncommon um so I always tell people um for me this is all I know in the NFL I've been doing it since day one um I think the reason why people have been seeing more of it is because this year I was able to play more on both sides of the ball versus my rookie year I played mostly offense they didn't really need me on defense at all they already had open guys and to be to be honest I was I'm not sure if I would have made the team as just a defensive lineman at that point um it gave me time to develop um and kind of um you know just get better and just get more in the system and have more trust with the coaching staff and then year two, it was somewhat similar, a little bit more staff on defense, but our defense was so good. My second year in the NFL, we were the number one defense in the league, and all those guys were so great, and they didn't, they didn't, you know, they didn't need me, they didn't need me on offense. And this year, I think I was able to just really show them, like, I can play both sides effectively when needed. Um, but, um, you know, I think coaches really liked me here as an offensive player um, in terms of using me more. And it's also, sometimes it's tough for me to, go from offense right to defense right away and give everything I have um, just knowing because offensively they need me and there's no one else to kind of go in for me defense is other guy who rotates so like 
they don't necessarily need me to go every single time they have other guys. So um, I, think it's, I think it's the beauty of it, just the value that I, I have in myself and for the team. Um, I like doing it. So, yeah, it's just, it's just kind of developed since I entered the league. You said that you think you might not have made the team as a defensive lineman your first year. Was it a strategy for you to show how versatile you are to try to make a team as an undrafted free agent? Absolutely. Um, the biggest thing they always preach is um, the more you can do because on game day they can only have so many guys active. They have to have seven guys inactive. Um, but, you know, I think that might have changed a little bit with the CBA, the new CBA. I'm not really sure right now, but... Yeah, so as an undrafted guy, you're trying to make the team no matter what, anyway, any means necessary. Like, I don't care. Like, I'll do whatever they want me to do. So when they, so they, during OTA, my rookie year, Craig Roman, who was a run game coordinator at the time, and he's now the OC, he just came up to me in the hallway and said, hey, we want to tie you a, a rep of fullback. Um, it was just, it was like 90 lead. It was just, I lined up, you know, an eye formation, had a lead up on the mic. And so, uh, Later the day in practice, I did it, and I did a pretty good job. So they showed it in the team meeting because we have, after our practices, we have they show plays from the practice and whatnot. And it was one of them. I'm like, oh, I'm like, wow, they like that. I'm like, all right, cool. Like, maybe I can do this. And then kind of just kept increasing my my reps and my and my you know more playbook. And because I didn't play offense in college, I, mean, I played it in high school, but it was a double wing offense, which is not a normal offense at all. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's kind of how it happened, and then I just kind of just kept going from there. Interesting. Did blocking as a fullback just come more naturally to you? Is that how you were able to step in so quickly? Yeah, I think so. Because um, I played fullback and tight end in high school, so it's like a, it's not like I've never done it before. Um, so I knew that, like, you know, I've done this. I just need to learn how to do it in this different offense and then also just the playbook in, in general because um, like I said I, I didn't play offense in like five years um, and also as well I mean, I'm, a, I'm not a normal fullback I'm 300 pounds and linebackers are 230 240 um, so just my size in general I know that I, if I just get low and get my feet I can you know overpower guys just my, my sheer size um, I think that's what kind of has been my bread and butter versus defensive linemen I'm kind of normal average maybe you could argue below average size interior lineman so I think that's kind of my advantage well do you think that with undrafted players like yourself and Taysom Hill who have both gotten a lot of press in this past 2020 season playing multiple positions do you think that we could see a trend of guys like that especially undrafted guys trying to play all over the field um yes I think so um, especially a position like fullback where it's kind of uh, you know you've seen in recent years teams don't don't have fullbacks on the rosters because they just think it's not as important a position to use for a roster spot and to be active in game day so teams have used hybrid tight ends to do their blocking and, and, and all the stuff and whatnot. but I think you're going to start seeing it more because guys like me and Tyson Hill who plays multiple positions um, have success and it, and it shows value on the team because a guy like me, maybe I can uh, take. Like I'm on that. I don't know how they do it and everything, but I could take a, a save an extra roster spot or just that extra position that they could use elsewhere. Um, and I think 
it's funny. Like, I don't ever, I don't ever say. It. I just think it's funny. Um, so we played the Patriots week eight this year, and it's my hometown team. I'm from Massachusetts, so it was a big game for me. I was so excited for it. Um, I had a good game, and I, I played both sides. I played some defensive snaps and a lot of offense. And the, uh, the Patriots, their fullback James Devlin, who's a phenomenal fullback, when it was on IR early in the year. So then they had another guy as their fullback, but then he got hurt. So when we played them, they had their tight ends blocking. And the Patriots use the fullback position seriously. Like, they need a good fullback for their run game. And I think it kind of showed. So then a couple of weeks later, they start using the Landon Roberts, their linebacker, to play fullback for them. So I kind of think it's it's going to start trending a little bit to where they can use some athletic linebackers or um, interior D linemen to play fullback as well for them because I think just there's examples of that that's working in the league right now. I think we're going to start seeing a little bit more, um, especially guys like me who's undrafted, just to try to get more value. They're gonna, of course they're going to take it, and if they can do it, they're going to do it. Well, what do you enjoy most about playing all three phases of the game? Um, for me, I think it's just being able to be involved and engaged with all three phases and the whole team. Because when you're part of just offense or defense, you only meet with just offense and defense. You don't meet with those guys every day and around them and around that group and in that game plan. So for me, it's almost like I'm almost like John Harbaugh. I go to almost all the meetings. I have to go to special teams meeting. Then I go right after that. We break up to offense and defense. I either go with the defense first with offense midway through. I go, jump over to the other other room and just film in whatever I missed. And then individual meetings. I go both groups. I switch it up. Then I have walkthroughs with both groups. So it's kind of you know I kind of a part of the whole team. I'm kind of a rogue player. I'm not part of just one group. I'm kind of a part of the whole team. So I'm able to kind of just engage with more players than I normally wouldn't because you don't see that, that you know, a majority of guys throughout the day until we're at practice. And even at practice, we're split up in groups. So I think, I think just being a part of it all and then obviously on game day, it adds value for me and I can play, you know, whenever needed. So I think that's the best part about it. I'm curious, on special teams, you're a 300-pounder that can block, but you're also a fullback. Where do you play? What's your role like on special teams? So this year I was on kickoff return as one of the off returners. So like one of those guys that's like 10 or 15 yards right in front of the returner. So I could get the ball if it's kicked short or I just, you know, leave block for the returner. Um, it was me and Nick Boyle doing it most of the year. Um they had me doing that. Uh, field goal block. They had me rushing, trying to block a kick, which I did this year against the Jets. Got free chicken nuggets for the Baltimore area. <laughs> um, what else? Uh, they had me on backup for field goal. I mean, that's not really – That's those are usually offensive linemen because they're bigger guys. Um, I'm not a punt. I don't think I'm quite as fast for punt because those guys are fast. You need to run down the field and – and cover, and they usually use linebackers, quicker guys for that. And then uh, on return, I'm a little bit on back of a punt return as well. So I have to be engaged in all those meetings and making sure I know what I'm doing in those spots in case they want to throw me in for a game or, or whatever needed. So I have to be in those meetings and, and, you know, make sure I know what I'm doing. 
free chicken nuggets? Is that a promotion at the stadium or what is it? Yeah, I think it was. I think it was McDonald's. I'm not sure. I think they just said if if there's a blocked kick for this game, it was a Monday. It was a Thursday night game. Pretty sure against the Justice here. And then if, you, if it was a blocked kick or a missed kick, then there was gonna be a free chicken nuggets the next day. And I blocked the kick. So <laughs> funny on my Instagram, that's the caption. I had the picture on there. <laughs> that's awesome. Another yeah, question yeah. I have for you. I've heard something called a Patrick Ricard hat trick. Can you explain what that is? Is it a stat line, or what do you shoot for there? Yeah, it was during an interview with, with I forget who it was exactly, but they brought it up, and I thought it was a clever idea. So it was, it was pretty much behind the idea of, um, you see Barstool, they have the fullback assist now. They did it this year. Yes, I've seen it. Seen that? Yeah, so they kind of like took that and tried to like turn it into me because I played two ways. So they're like, okay, let's try to make a fun stat like that so it's pretty much like me playing both sides of the ball it can be different stats that only count for me it could be like a touchdown a catch for catch or a run for a first down and then maybe a sack or a tfl or like a fumble it was things like that you know what i'm saying so it was just they were just trying to have fun with it and i mean it's pretty clever and who knows maybe one of days when i have a game like that where i have a sack uh like the Bengals had a had a strip sack for a touchdown. I didn't score. It was Tyus that scored it. But maybe if I scored a touchdown that game, and then if I had a first down, that could be like a hat trick or something. You are in a rare spot in terms of how it comes to seeing Lamar Jackson's development. You've been in Baltimore for a few years now, and you've seen the full rise of Lamar playing alongside him in the backfield, but also in practice on defense against him. Yep. Is there a wow moment that you saw and you said, wow, this guy is going to be a stud. He's an MVP type of player. I think, honestly, you just saw how special he was his first OTAs here, his rookie year. Um, you just saw that just the sheer raw athleticism and speed and just the way he moves. And you knew that if he was able to develop his game more, I think you saw from year one to year two just how dramatic it was in terms of maybe – throwing a tighter ball, more accurate. I think that has a lot to do with him being the starter last offseason when, when Joe got released or traded to, to Denver. Um, so Lamar was the main guy. And then we also had a change in offensive coordinator. It went from Marty Morningleg to Greg Roman. And Greg Roman was the run game coordinator. So he was able to blend in his run game to the passing game, which helps Lamar. Um and then also in terms, we had a great draft, a great free agency last year. Um, so we were able to really just mesh it all together and just kind of have Lamar be the number one guy, get all those reps he needed to get in, and that confidence that comes with being the starter. And then also having RG3 being there, helping him, guiding him, supporting him, telling him what to do. Because, you know, Rob's been there. Rob's a similar quarterback. Um, yeah, I think it's just all of that. And then also, I mean, Lamar obviously has a lot of criticism and when he got in the lead, told him he should play route receiver and all this stuff, and I think that motivates him. And it's crazy of just being around him all the time. Like, he's such a humble guy, and you would think that when the MVP talk started happening midway during the season, he would kind of, like, you know, get more of a big head and kind of just start being different. But I think it humbled him even more. I think he kind of was like, all right, guys, relax, like, stop. He just, like, wants to be – any other guy in the locker room 
And I think that's why we had a lot of success this year because it kind of made that culture of of a team, of a family. Everyone's together. But yeah, it's 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 a lot of fun playing with him, and I love being around that guy, and he's such a great guy. Definitely. So while everyone, all the analysts and fans around the game are joking around saying Lamar should be a running back or a receiver, he walks into the facility and you knew from the beginning that he could be a special guy. Yes. I think everyone could see it. Interesting. Well, mm-hmm. Lamar has had a great year. The Ravens did too. You had a spectacular 2020 season being one of many pro bowlers from the Baltimore squad. What was your favorite memory from this year for you? Um, it's tough. I mean, there were so many great milestones and moments and memories from this year. Um, I'll give you a few, just because I can't pick one. I think it's the Patriots game, um, just because I'm born and raised in Central Massachusetts, which is an hour away from Foxborough, and that's just a you know, big part of my life is rooting and being, you know, a part of the fan base for the Patriots. And then I had 60 family members come down for the game. Um, and the way we won, the way I played, it was just couldn't go any better than I could imagine. Um, and then when I signed my two-year extension, I think that was a big moment just because, um, you know, it, it, was, it was my contract year, not technically because I would have been a restricted agent because I was undrafted, but just to, just, just to know that I have – um, another two years with this team, and also financially, that was my first big contract. So now, I know financially, I'm, you know, I'm getting there to be, to be stable, um, because you know they, they always say the average NFL career is only three point three years, and that would have been right now for me. Um, so I just, I just really that was a big moment uh, for me and my wife and family. Um, and then I'm just trying to think of. There were so many great moments. The Seattle game was amazing, just the way that went. I think that kind of turned the season around in terms of just catapulting us. The Rams game was so much fun to be a part of. Um, I always loved playing against the Steelers. Even though the last game this year didn't really mean anything because they were already out and we were already in the playoffs. Um, I would love to say the playoff game was was great. That was my first playoff ever, first NFL playoff game to play in, but I didn't play very much because the way the game went, and obviously we lost. Um, but yeah, I think the biggest two things was just was the Patriots game and me, me signing that deal. Well, first off on your extension, congratulations. Did you expect it to come during the year? Nope. I was, um, you know, it, it's funny. It's funny, man. Like, me being in the NFL and everything, like, just that alone is, like, a dream. And, like, I never imagined me being in the NFL. So, like, anything more is just, like, I can never imagine it ever happening. And, like I said, I had a, I had a great preseason in terms of me playing two ways and so the coaches could trust me more and have me play more on both sides. And I saw after, like, my first or second game in the preseason, I started having negotiation talks with them. They were trying to extend me then. And I was like, whoa, because for me – after the end of my second year, I was inactive for four games, five games at the end of the year. I was healthy and I was inactive, which is not a good sign. And then there was talks in the media and, and the fans saying, I don't know, I was going to make the team. He's indispensable. He can be replaced easily. All, all this stuff. So then all of a sudden, for me to all of a sudden get contract extension talks before the season hits, so I was like, wow, I'm like, okay, I mean, this is wild. 
And then obviously, uh, my agent did a great job making the deal happen and I'm able to, you know, be here for another two years, hopefully longer if everything works out. And um, but yeah, I mean, it's crazy. I'm just so excited and appreciative and, and grateful for everything. I'm wondering what changed because it's not like the organization had any big shift in terms of coaching. So they go from having you as inactive to finish the year. Then they decide they want you back longer. What changed? Right. Um, I think, I think numbers hurt me. And so you got to think about it last year, they drafted two tight ends, one in the first round and one in the third round. So, it's not a good look at all for an organization to have a first-round pick be inactive for games. And then also, Mark Andrews, it's Mark Andrews, the dude's a baller, so like he's playing. And then we also had Nick Boyle, who's a great tight end, and Max Williams, who's also a great tight end. And Max was inactive for some games in the middle of the year, and this is his contract year. So it was kind of a big deal for him, too. There was just, we had too many great guys, and they couldn't play us all. And then also, our run game was not was not working halfway through the season. Uh, I think I remember it was like right before, right during our bye week, which was like week 10 or something like that, we had 20 more pass attempts than anybody else in the league. We were passing the ball way too much because our run game wasn't working. So then they almost like revamped our whole running, or a whole uh, running backers. We had Alex Collins and Buck Allen who all of a sudden were like inactive. And they started having other guys start running the ball. So it was almost like they did a lot of things. And obviously Lamar came in and people were like, oh, well, um, you don't work in Lamar's offense. They don't need a fullback. But it's funny because the two teams that did play with Lamar before I was inactive were the two highest rep counts for me. I played the most with Lamar because they needed me more. So it was just like all that stuff was just crazy. And, and I also defensively, like I said, who the number one ranked defense. Our defense was balling, so they didn't really need me because all the guys were playing so well. Even the guys that were playing that like should be playing more were barely even playing because they weren't even on the field that much. They were only getting like 20, 30 snaps a game versus like they should be getting like 40s. So it was just, it was just all of that. They didn't need me. So that was the whole that was the whole issue. And obviously um, for me personally, I was very upset but I didn't want to stop me from doing what I can do because um, one piece of advice my agent gave me that I use every day, and I always tell people this, is he told me, control the things you can, you can control. I can't control if I'm going to be active or not. That's all of the coaches. So all I can do is go to work every day, get better, and help my team, and that's it. So when the offseason hit, I knew that there was an opportunity for me because Max Williams left her free to see Brett Urban left for periods to see as a defensive lineman. And then I knew that if I, you know, work hard, get better, learn more, I can play more. I can I can be used. And I just took that, and I mean, I think that's what you saw this year. Well, the fullback in the offense with Lamar Jackson is something that you said they actually have used you and needed you more. Why is that? Mm-hmm. Um, I think also it's Greg Roman. He loves fullbacks, and he was the offensive coordinator this year, so he wanted to use the fullback as much as he can. So he uses either me or Nick Boyle, because Nick Boyle's a great blocker as well. Um, and I think just um, the way, I don't know, I think it's just uh, the way 
the system is around Lamar, you you need lead blockers. You need guys to do different things. And I think, you know, I'm versatile enough to where I'm big and fast enough to where I can do those things for them. And I think they knew that, so they wanted to use me more as, as much as they can. So I think that's just kind of what happened, and it just kind of um, developed that way. With your extension, it was your first big NFL contract, two years, over $7 million. What was the first thing you did? Did you make any big, fun purchases, do anything interesting with it? Nope. I um, So going into my third season, I just bought a brand new truck. I traded in um, a car my parents got me. That was, they got me brand new. I had it for like five years. I wanted to make sure I still had good trade-in value, and it was just felt a good time because... I've saved up a lot of my money that I've made in the NFL so far, and it's not even life-changing money because I was undrafted, so I had the rookie minimum deal. Um, so I talked to my financial advisor. I was like, you know what? And my my fiance, my wife, my wife now, she's just got certified as a PA, and they make great money. So I know when she started working, we we would be okay financially. Um, so I, I got a nice Ram Rebel. It was brand new, and I, I paid it all in cash, and it was a great feeling. And then, obviously, once I got my new contract, I don't need to buy anything. I have everything I need right now. Um, I'm just renting a house, a townhouse. Um, because, you know, in the NFL, you never know if you're going to be released or traded, so I don't want to deal with getting a house. I'll do that once I'm done playing. But, um, yeah, I mean, I don't, I'm not a guy that uh, goes out and, like, goes to the bars or clubbing or anything or or has this crazy wardrobe of spending all this money, or I'm more of like a nerdy guy that likes video games, and you know, that's the only, th- and food, that's like the two things I, I spend my money on, like video games and food, so uh, there's nothing else I need to really buy. Uh, I'm already bought my truck, so um, just trying to save as much as I can, because you never know when your playing career is over, and this is the time right now for me to make as much money as I can. You were in the Pro Bowl for the first time earlier this year, what was that experience like for you? It was absolutely amazing. Um, I think the, the, the best part about it was the fact that they're very family-oriented. Like, I was able to have a bunch of my family come down and, like, spend the whole week with me. Um, so the really cool part was there was a big hotel that we stayed at, and it was only for players and people with the credentials. So they're really big of showing, like, your, like, like a little like a little piece of like uh, paper that you wear on your neck. This kind of has your name on in the picture, and it's, they call it your credentials. So it's super uh, secure and like exclusive. So um, to have my family there, it was such a great time. Uh, they do a great job. We had like a six-hour VIP tour with Disney. Uh, so you just like drive you around park to park and like come in like a side like access. Like I got like they pulled me in like. I don't know if you've ever been to Disney, but the Tower Tower ride, they like, pulled me in like right behind it, and we just like walked in right in the park right from there, and we go right on the ride, and like it was so cool, and I had I had nine other family members with me, and then um, another night they had us uh, at Universal Studios Islands of Adventure. They had like half the park just like closed off only to us, and they had like open bar alcohol just like throughout the park everywhere, a bunch of like buffet style food and like just all these rides just open and obviously no one's there so it was super fast and easy and, and it was so cool because like um you know i still get a little starstruck because i i've only been in the league for my third year so i hadn't seen personally 
a decent amount of players that haven't played them. So to see guys like Drew Brees and Russell Wilson just walking around with his family and stuff, with also being with my family, who's not used used to seeing NFL players, like I know a lot of time getting used to it because I play with them and play against them. But to like just share that moment with these guys, it was so cool. And then obviously playing the game was pretty was pretty awesome. Who is the guy that you were most starstruck around? Um, I think it was those two guys, seeing Drew Brees and Russell Wilson, just because they they're both phenomenal football players, they're household names, everyone knows them, and just to see them, it was just like it was such a cool feeling experience. Um, and yeah, it was it was such a great week. And I think also too, what made it a great week was our whole coaching staff was there, our equipment staff was there, our training staff was there. A decent, like, 12 players were there for my team. So it was almost like we were hosting it. So it was, like, a very cool experience to experience with all those guys. And then, obviously, the way our season ended was not a good not a good way to end the season. So it was almost like a closure for us. Just have fun, just enjoy the time with our friends and family and be around, you know, these superstar players. It was cool. I would definitely never never uh, forget it and it's only more motivation to get back there or you know the Super Bowl those are the two those are the two goals right there from a player's perspective do you like the format of the Pro Bowl the way the rules are with everything being different like the game itself yeah I mean like the rules for player safety yeah I think so because you don't want to see someone get hurt playing in that game Um, I almost feel like there might it's almost unnecessary to have a game. It should be like more of like a just really cool events that we do. Just because it's it's the end of the year, guys are still kind of banged up from the season and not fully healthy, and then they're they're asked to go play in a football game that doesn't mean anything. Um, but they do a great job. Like you don't really bring guys to the ground, or it's not very physical or anything like that. So um, I think it, I think it's done, it's done pretty well. I'm happy I didn't get hurt. No one got hurt in the game, so that was good. Yeah, would you almost rather it be like a skills competition or flag football game or something else like that? Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, I think it, it's just hard, you know, because people love football. They want to see us, they want to see the best play against each other, but like no one's going to go all out in that game. Um, so, yeah, it almost, it almost would seem like it'd be better to like do more things like that, but I mean, I don't have a say in it. <laughs> you know, I'm just happy to be there. So, uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, it, 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 they do a good job with it. They still do a lot of things engaging. Like, they still have, like, all those different skill challenges, like, before the game. So, it's kind of best of both worlds, I guess, in that aspect. What would you do if you could change anything about the Pro Bowl? Um, make it longer? No, I'm just kidding. I don't know. It was great. <laughs> I, uh, that was the only thing. It's really just the game. I just think it's a little uh, unnecessary, I guess, but... It is what it is. Definitely. Well, hopefully, if all goes well and continues to go the way it has for you, you'll be back at many more. So I'm wondering, outside of football, I've heard you're a food critic, or how did that come about? Um, So I was already in in Baltimore for a year, and so I have a couple of the guys in my agency who I work with all the time, and one of them is, um, his name's Tony, and he's also, it's almost like I have two agents consider him my agent so uh, he took, kind of told me the day like hey let's try to have you get more engaged with the city and the fans and get people to know you more because you you know 
undrafted rookie, you don't get that much attention. Um, besides, obviously, me being a two-way player, that kind of it's an easy thing to kind of talk about and have media kind of you know do their stories on it. But say, why don't you kind of um, get more involved in the city? So like, why don't you maybe do like go to different restaurants and do like a review or something? So I'm like, you know what? It's a pretty good idea. Like, so it was like midway during the season, I just started to like do it. I would take a different teammate every 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 off day. It's Monday, so I'd go Monday night to a different city, and I would just go live my Instagram and just kind of interact with fans and eat different food and kind of just you know make a one post at the end of it. And I was gonna bring it back up this year and kind of make it its own actual thing, like a, like like a YouTube channel. Like pull up a whole video, edited video, and everything. But I just almost felt like it was almost too much for me because of the way my second year ended, being inactive and all this stuff, I just really wanted to focus on football and my job and, and all this stuff. And I kind of enjoyed my off, my off days of just recovering and resting and not having to worry about setting all that stuff up and going out to Baltimore because I live in Owings Mills, which is where the facility is, and that's a 25-minute drive to Baltimore. Um, but, yeah, it was so fun. I, I enjoyed doing it. And, and, you know, I was going to do it most likely just OTAs, but obviously that didn't work out and all the rush of blows, so maybe one day it'll bring it back up. Well, my final question for you, I know that you at least at one point expressed interest in possibly starting a foundation. What's your vision yes. there? Um, so I, I have, I love animals and me and my wife were thinking about possibly doing one for some type of animal shelters um kind of just start getting in that avenue um but it doesn't have to be just that i just wanted the foundation to where i'm able to do events and fund money and then use that money to help people and just do different things in either the baltimore community my community back home in massachusetts um community back in my college um just a way for me to be able to get back somehow um you know, you look at one of my teammates, Anthony Levine, has his foundation, and he does a lot of great things. He does bowling events and uses that money for, you know, for Christmas shopping for kids in the Baltimore area, and brand cards is the same thing. And I would love to do something like that. But obviously, this whole pandemic is kind of throwing a wrench in everything. Um, so just, I talked to an agent about it. He said we can start possibly looking into doing things, but it's just tough right now with everything going on. Definitely. Well, Pat, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate you coming on the show. Well, hey, appreciate you reaching out and having me join you. Just working out and playing video games in this time, so I appreciate it. I hope you're doing okay, your family's safe, and you know, the podcast is doing good. Thank you again to Pat for taking the time to come on the show. On the next edition of the podcast, I'll be talking with Pete Pranica, Memphis Grizzlies TV play-by-play commentator. On the show, I talked with Pete about his job and calling games for a young team featuring players like John Morant. That concludes this edition of the podcast. I'm Luke Winstall. This is The Luke Winstall Show.